Welcome to Emerge City Now podcast. It's our mission at East City to see lives changed one person, one block, and one city at a time. We pray this podcast impacts your life so that you can emerge to who God has created you to be. To this word, see what happens. See what happens when something's, when something's under pressure. There's always something that happens. Always something that, that triggers you to understand that you are truly under pressure. And so, I'm going to be coming to you guys with this word. I pray that your that your hearts and your minds are receptive to this word. Listen, it's not no. This is not a traditional Palm Sunday uh, message. I'm not going to be speaking about the triumphant the triumphant entry of Jesus and how they laid palms down and how he rode it on a donkey. We know the story. We know how that goes. God has kind of given me and shifted me into a and an awakening. Because uh, what they didn't understand is when Jesus walked, came into the, the the that country and they was laying the palms down, there was supposed to be a shifting and an awakening and an awakening in the spirit to understand that there was a new pressure coming to actually shake the very foundation of what they thought Christ, um, what they thought Christ represented, and instead. You know, they 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 kind of succumb succumb to the pressure, and then as you know, at the end of at the end of that week, they were saying crucify him, and so you know, th- th- there's your Palm Sunday message. If you want a Palm Sunday message, that would be it. But I'm going to go into what God has given given me uh, for today. Um, so we're going to go to First John chapter two, verses fifteen through seventeen. I'm going to be reading from the new the New Living Translation. As again, that's First John chapter two. Verses 15 through 17. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we're going to, again, I pray that your hearts and minds are open. Listen, you still have time to like, comment, and share. Get people into this because they need to hear this word. They need to take heed to what God is saying. They need to hear what they need to hear what um, God is saying. And so um, what we're, we're going to go into is First John, again, chapter 2, verses 17. And and it says, do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Verse 16 says, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for anything, everything we see, a pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. Verse 17 says, and this world is fading away along with uh, uh, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Um, and, and I also want to read the message version um, because there's, there's a part, even especially in verse 15, I love how it says that. It says, do not, it says, don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love the love of the world squeezes out the love of the Father, the love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. My God, the world and it, and it, and all it's wanting, wanting, wanting is 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 on the way out. But whoever do, does what the Father, what whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Jesus, that I love that message version. That thing lets you know that when you want the things of this world, 
you push the father away and you isolate yourself from him. And and uh, we're going to get into that. And I'm going to talk on that a little bit as we speak on this message. And so just in studying in studying this word, I was praying that God gave me an encouraging word for the people. I said, God, it's Palm Sunday. We're supposed to be celebrating. Uh, we're going to have our palms and wave them in the air. And people's going to make crosses out of them. And it's going to be a celebration. And God said, no, I, I want you to speak. Um, speak to this aspect of the fact that um, my, me coming into the world and, and, and the, the true significance of Palm Sunday was for the church to understand that there was now a pressure um, on on the move of God that has that's going to come and it has to come through the church. And so the church being that, the, and when I got this message under pressure, God started to speak to me and said that the church is under pressure, the fivefold ministry, the stability and the integrity thereof is under pressure. Uh, the, the, the people... Uh, pastors and uh, pastors evangelists uh, teachers prophets and apostles that 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 aspect of, of ministry is under pressure very much so under pressure and just like in the church um, we, we see even in the gov- in the government the the the, the the people in positions of high power are truly under pressure. We see, if you see, if you look at Joe Biden and you see him in this presidency, it seems like ever since he became, well, even before he um, sat in the place, the, the seat of the presidency, um, even before he sat in the, in the, in the seats of the presidency, he, he seemed to be battling what looks like dementia, where he cannot even remember what's the rest of his sentence. And he's just been saying things and rambling and basically just trying to what he's been doing is he, he wanted to get into this place because he wanted to manipulate people um, to get them to understand, to get them to feel like he really had their intentions at heart and really wanted to do what they want. When, when instead um, he just said what he needed to say to get into the position so he can promote his own agenda. And so we find the church in the same position, um, in the same predicament, seemingly to promote the the, uh, they, they seem to to appear to, pr- to promote the agenda of God, but instead they're promoting their own desires. And when you promote your own desires, your, our desires are usually, um, as you can see in First John, in John two, our desires usually comes from what the world offers. And so when we go, to, when we lean on our desires and we and we hold on to what the world offers, we see that it now blocks out and pushes God out. It pushes the Father away, and now pushes God, it pushes God away from us, and it causes us to isolate ourselves. And so um, when we promote our own desires, we have to understand that, again, that we are pushing ourselves away from God and isolating ourselves. And when we do that, when we become under pressure, when when pressure comes, now that we've isolated ourselves from God, we leave ourselves open. We leave ourselves open to attack. We leave ourselves open to mindset, to my, uh, to mind battles. We leave ourselves open to sickness and illnesses. And we don't we don't understand that. It's because we left the presence and we've left the covering of our father. And so, um, and, and this pressure, again, this pressure is pushing us away from God. And as it says in verse 15, um, it says, Do, don't love your ways. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes, squeezes love for the Father, squeezes out the love for the Father. And when you squeeze out the love for the Father, what is the Father in the aspect of even being at home? He is the protector. He is the provider. He is the uh, he, he's the he's the, the vision carrier. And so when it comes to this place, when you push the Father out, you now lose your identity. You now lose your protection, and you lose your provide your provision and your covering. And 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 this is where we see the church now. The church has now come to a place where uh, the the body of Christ has now come to a place where um, they squeezed out the provision of the Father. They squeezed 
squeezed out the presence of the father. They squeezed out the identity of the father because this pressure has caused them to now try to conform to the world and now try to adapt the systems that the world has and now try to adapt the system that the world has and place that in the church. And with that being so, the, 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 the church, again, has squeezed out the, the father. And now 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 we're open and we're succumbed to um, to illnesses. We're succumbed to um, different attacks and different different parts, um, different different things happening to the body of Christ. And so I, as I was in as I was in this, as I was in the body of Christ, I mean, as I was in uh, as I was in studying, um, God started to speak to me about the church being sick and the church being stressed and the, the church is being um, assumed to be dead to the world. We look like the, the body of Christ looks like it's dying to the, to the world. The, 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 the the um the body of Christ looks like it's ill, and um and even to God, God is God is now looking at His bride, and He's seeing a difference in His bride, and and He's seeing that He's seeing that we're now too 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 busy conforming to the world, and now we're seeing this death, we're seeing this this death aspect of the bride, and so God, and as I was going through this, God started to He um He gave me this thing, and I, and as I was reading and as I was studying, He said, now the body of Christ is is labeled as a stroke having narcoleptic bride a stroke having narcoleptic bride and 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 we're going to definitely get into these things i'm going to tell you exactly why we, we're presumed to be having a stroke and why it seems like we, we are in a narcoleptic pattern the 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 church has become um, systematic and, it's, and it no longer resembles the bride of Christ, the bride that God is looking for. The church has dressed itself to attract the world instead of Christ. Yes, we are. Um, we were supposed to, you know, bring in the people, the lost. Our light is supposed to shine and it's supposed to bring in um, bring in people and people are supposed to get the light of the world and get their vision and get their lives changed. But instead, the church is now being filled with darkness. It's now being filled with darkness. As it says in these verses, we have squeezed out the father and the father, as we know, is the light of the world. He's the light of, he's the light of life. He is the beacon of life and we've been squeezing him out. So now we are now um, becoming um, attractive to the world because we are starting to look like it. We're starting to look like them. And, and the church is now looked and the church is now losing its significance, losing its strength. And so, and then the God, then God said again to me, this is exactly why I'm saying that the bride of Christ, it looks like a, the bride of Christ is a, is a church that is a stroke having narcoleptic bride of Christ. And, and, I, and I know you're probably sitting there like, what, why is he saying that? A stroke having narcoleptic um, bride of Christ. And if we look, if we look at the definition of a stroke and a stroke occurs, when the blood supply to part of your brain is interrupted or reduced, preventing brain tissue from receiving oxygen and nutrients. It could be caused by a blood clot or something or, 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 or an artery under stress that is now um, shrinked and, and is causing a, redu a reduction of blood to the brain. And, 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 with a, with a stroke, there are common symptoms. There are common symptoms. There's difficulty talking, difficulty walking. Um, you know, one side of your face, you have paralysis where you see your face starting to droop. Uh, you see, you have muscle weakness. You know, the list goes on. These are common. These are common, uh, um, sicknesses, common um, symptoms of a stroke. But what, but what's going on is the church is going through an uncommon symptom of strokes. And um, um, to help you understand, God brought me to um, one of my favorite shows that I watched. It's called Nine One One, and this, this, the, the, literally the title of this, of this, of the, uh, of the, um, of the, of the show of that episode. It was the season finale, and it was called Under Pressure. And so, um, 
So it starts off the first scene. It starts off as uh, the the nine one one operator got a call in from a husband and a wife who were who seemed to be in um, distress. There was a husband and wife that seemed to be distressed, and so um, when when they when the uh, when the when the uh, officers and the fire department got there, they see that the wife has now locked herself into the bathroom. And she's um, and her husband is trying to get in to see what is going on. Prior to this happening, um, the the husband was uh, the husband was trying to understand why the wife was acting um, different. She was acting different. He, he understood this was not the wife that he married. And um, she she ended up um, um, having a, a moment where she hit him with a picture frame, and so he was bleeding from his head. And so uh, she so now now again we get to the scene where she's isolated into the she's isolated herself into the bathroom. And again, as I was saying before, this is where this is where the church is at right now. The church has seemed to have isolated themselves from God. They're, they're locked, they have locked themselves in the bathroom, not understanding that they're truly suffering from something. They're suffering from a symptom that's causing them to be something that they're not. And so we're, we, as we see, as we go continue with this scene, the lady, she, um, once they finally got, they, they, they got to the husband, they move him away from the bathroom. They said, let us try to talk to her. Let us get to her. So the, the, the police officer is speaking to her and the lady, when she comes out, she's speaking in a British accent. I, I need this, this, everything is important. I need you guys to just, just follow with me, go with me. I'm trying to paint a picture for you guys. Um, she comes out in a British accent. Um, and she starts to say, you know, I woke up with a bad headache and I just, um, um, you know, I just, I felt, I felt pressure in my head and I, 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 and now I have these hiccups. And so I wanted to make, uh, as you know, as the British say, I wanted to make a spot of tea. She wanted to make a spot of tea and she wanted to make herself something so she can now get rid of the, these hiccups that are going on. And so the police officer again was trying to speak to her while the fire department um, and the paramedics were attending to her husband. And so they started speaking to the husband. And so the husband, um, once they, once they, you know, they brought the wife out, <coughs> brought her to the to the hallway so they can see what was going on. And they were speaking to the husband as they was attending to him. And he said, and he and he said to them, he said to them, he said, I don't know what is wrong with her, but this is not the wife that I married. She, she, she. This is not her. This is not who she is. And this is how God is looking at the church right right about now. He's saying, I don't know what's gotten into them, but this is not my bride. There's something about her that has changed. There's something about her. There's something in the way she talks, something in the way she's carrying herself that shows me that this is no, this, my bride has now been, um, has now felt, felt ill to something or she's taken on something else. And because, um, where we are, because the church, um, um, uh, again, has not been in a place where we can now see the uncommon happen, where we can see the supernatural happen, um, we look for the common symptoms of what, what feels like a church is lacking, or we, or we look for the common symptoms of what we feel like the body of Christ is lacking. But this woman was suffering from a stroke, but had uncommon symptoms. And so he said, he said, this is not my wife. This is not who she is. She's not British. She's not British. She's from Brooklyn. <laughs> She's not even British. She's from Brooklyn. There's no way she can have a British accent. She's, she was born and raised in Brooklyn, an Italian from Brooklyn. And I don't know us from New York. If you, if you know an Italian from Brooklyn, that's one of the strongest accents in the world. They, you can tell them like, oh yeah, you're definitely from New York. You're an Italian from Brooklyn for sure. We can tell you that. She started to speak a whole different accent. She started to speak as if she was British or she was from England. And he said, she doesn't speak like that. That's not how she talks. And this is how God is saying, 
um, this this white the um the church the church of God the way they speak the way they carry themselves they don't I don't sound like this doesn't this is not this is not the wife that I married she didn't sound like this when we were at the altar she did not sound like this when I courted her she did not sound like this when I decided to marry her she did not she did not she did not have this accent and and so and and it's because we suffer from this these uncommon symptoms. And so as we as we continue to go on, we understood now that even that there were some people that another the, the uncommon symptoms of strokes is when a, a person can actually um, talk in a different accent. There's some people that even if they awaken from a stroke can become fluent in a whole other language. These are uncommon symptoms that we that we don't know about. But it takes it takes it takes a people to understand understand the uncommon to understand that this is a stroke that she was having. And it was and and once she once she opened her mouth and they said stick out your tongue we need to see what's wrong with you um stick out your tongue and her tongue you know came out and it was drooping to the side and then they then they tried to ask her who are you what's your name and where and what's your birthday and she was like oh that's easy and she forgot who she was and the church when they opened their mouth they forgotten who they was they forgotten who they are and the world is coming to us and saying who are you. And the church has the church has lost its way so so bad. The body of Christ has slipped away from from God so bad that they have lost their identity in Christ. And when we open our mouth, once we open our mouth, how we speak betrays us, because we no longer sound like His bride. Our accent sounds different. Our tongue is drooping. We don't we we have we we don't know how to speak properly. We don't know how to talk to people correctly. There is an illness in the church that that there's that there was an illness. And in this, and we have to understand that in this pressure, God will send people to remind you that you are not acting the way you are, that you're not acting the way you're supposed to. This police officer began to ask questions and she forgot to, under, she started to understand who she wasn't. She started to, she started to understand that she was acting out of character. And this is where God is saying, I'm now going to put people in place to now help you to understand and remind you of who you are. Because you're not talking how I, how, I, how I left you. You're not talking how I, when, when, I, when I decided to marry you. You're not, you're not, you're not talking like that, like that anymore. You look different. You, you sound different. You're carrying yourself different. There has been some type of infiltration in the bride's circulation, causing this stroke-like sickness to come to the church. Again, there is a blockage. There is somewhere where the heart of God is being blocked from the, the where the heart of God is being blocked from the mentality of the church. There is somewhere there's there is a blood clot. Somewhere there is a a a, a, a strained artery that is not allowing the blood to, the, the the blood and the word of God to get to the mind of the bride of Christ. And it's because the church has went out and looked in the world. The people of God in churches are looking out to the world for validation and bringing that to the church. They they looking they're looking for the, to the world to to hear who they are and, and what they what they what they want to hear, and they're rejecting and neglecting what God is saying to them. And so they bring that 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 darkness to the church. They bring that aspect to the church. And they don't understand that they're causing a blockage and a blood clot, <coughs> excuse me, in the arteries, and it's causing a stroke in the church. It's causing a stroke in the mind of the church. This this block has caused us to lose reverence for God. We've lost our we lost the we lost the the the, the zeal the 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 wanting the craving for God. This pressure the the it, it has it has caused the things of, it, it um it has blocked even the prophets 
and I, I didn't want to go this way, but God said, listen, you're a prophet, so you can speak on it. There are prophets um, who are folding to the pressure, intercessors who are folding to the pressure. And now the warnings of God have now be, are now being silenced because these we, we have um, prophets and intercessors who are so busy, who are so cool, so clogged in their own minds, who don't even understand that there was a blood clot that is blocking them from understanding what God called them to be. And they, they're losing they're losing their touch with God. They're losing their reverence to God. They're losing their communications with God. And it's causing the people of God to now run in a dismay because there is no warnings. There's no warning signs. The intercessors are quiet because they're suffering from strokes. The prophets are quiet because they're suffering from strokes. And the people of God are under pressure because the very thing that connects us to the mind of God is clotted and is causing us to have to miss the pre-stroke warnings. Causing us to lose, lose, causing us to lose connection to the one that can point us to the source of, of getting up, getting these ailments out before they get too worse. And what God is saying is that this pressure I placed on you is not to get you out of position. This pressure I placed on you is not to make you scared. It's not to make you run. It's not to make you retreat. It's not even to make you think about what, what you lost in the past. This pressure that I've, that I've placed on you is supposed to get you back into a posture of worship. It's supposed to push you back into a position of, uh, it's supposed to push you back into the position that I've called you to so that you'll be able to maintain this pressure. The reason why we cannot maintain the pressure is because we are out of position. We are out of the, we're in the wrong posture. We're, in, we're not in worship anymore. We're not, we're not, um, we don't, we don't even reverence God. We don't even reverence God, the one who's created us, the one who's given us the power to maintain all of this pressure. We have lost the, our, our identity because there has become a blockage in our arteries and it, it blocks us from hearing God to understanding who we are and understanding how we are to be able to point people in the church and in the world back to Christ. And we've, getting, we've gotten to this place now where the worship, where we're worth the, the pressure has pushed us out of worship. When's the last time you worshiped without somebody telling you to? I'm talking to the intercessors. I'm talking to the prophets. I'm talking to people who say they are believers. What, 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 the, what, has this pressure pushed you out of worship? Has it pushed you out of prayer? Has it pushed you out of reverence for God? Has it pushed you out of, out of, out of seeking his face? And some of us find ourselves in this next part where after worshiping for a little bit and we feel like we made some type of progress, we feel like we've made, we've, we've, we've tracked and we've gotten, we've gotten to a place where, okay, God, you, you pointed out this thing, you pointed out something and I've worked on it and I think I'm better in this area. And we think because we identified now that we're having pre-stroke symptoms, that there is no other ailments that are plaguing us. We get to this part where we think that because we are having these pre-stroke, we, we, we finally seen that we're having pre-stroke symptoms that, excuse me, we miss that there's other ailments that are plaguing our body, that is plaguing the body of Christ, that is plaguing the church. Proverbs 27 and 20 says, just as death and destructions are never satisfied, so the human desire is satisfied. We just explained that the human desire pushes God away, which opens us up to other ailments. So our desires, again, cause us to fail, to fall and fail under pressure into death and destruction. And this is why God was talking to me and saying, and this is why this is why I'm looking at a stroke having narcoleptic bride. 
And now, so now after dealing with this, the stroke having aspect and seeing that we have a blockage, we have a blockage in worship. We have a blockage in our praise. We have a blockage in understanding our reverence for God. We have to deal with this narcoleptic pattern that the church has been under, the, the narcoleptic pattern that the spirit has been under. So let's first define narcolepsy. Narcolepsy is a chronic neurological disorder that interferes with the brain's ability to regulate normal sleep wake patterns. Again, this is something that deals with the mind, deals with the head. Again, these positions, the fivefold, it starts with the head. The most common and usually the first to be clinic, clinically apparent symptom of narcolepsy is excessive, <coughs> excuse me, excessive daytime sleepiness or EDS, characterized by fleeting urges to sleep that can sometimes be irresistible regardless of how much sleep the person got the night before. And so now we see now, God, and so God started to say, now after reading that, what are, you, what, what are you hearing me say now? And God started to speak to me and he said, to the world and to God, the body of Christ has been in a narcoleptic pattern. And, this, and like I said, there, there, there are systems literally, literally being set up right before our eyes. Systems are being in place, implemented in, in, in the world all around us. And the church is so busy in being in a narcoleptic pattern that they don't even understand that they are sleeping. They've been falling asleep while patterns about while systems are being set up. If you don't think this system is being set up, let me introduce you to Heather Levine, who was the transgender, who's a transgender, and she is the assistant to, to the health. She's a she's assistant secretary of, of health, assistant secretary of health. Which is which? She's which means she's um the assistant to the secretary of health, who was in charge of everything that has to do with um the the United States as far as health. This person has implemented a plan. I'm I'm, I'm gonna try to get past this without getting angry, without getting upset. But I'm uh, this part gets me up very upset just hearing her plan. This person is trying has implemented a plan. Is trying to implement a plan to to put it so that when it comes to children who are approaching puberty. She wants to put a plan where the doctors now inject our children with hormones to stop them from getting to, from, to approaching puberty. And it's, he wants them to stop them from approaching puberty so that they can make an adjustment and make a choice if they want to be a, a girl or a boy. So literally systems are being in place to now eliminate God's system. God implemented how you went that that through um through, through the reproduction system, however you come out is how God planned for you to come out. There are systems literally being put in place so that so that um to actually hinder generations to come, to stop generations to come, because it's causing people who are to, to, to be able to switch identities. The Bible clearly says, work while it is day. And but because the body of Christ has been in a narcoleptic pattern, as you can see, one of the most apparent and the most clinically apparent symptom of narcolepsy is excessive daytime sleepiness. Sleepiness. The Bible says work while it's day, but we're so busy sleeping during the day that we can't even see that systems are being placed in front of us. It's getting to the point where the the, the enemy is being bold enough to not even do it at night. The church is too busy being asleep during the day. You're sleeping now. So what's the point? If you're going to sleep during the day, I'm going to set up camp during the day. I'm going to set up systems during the day. Because as long as you sleep, you give me room to, to advance. And so the church are missing opportunities to put people in position to now see these systems and be able to set up something to counteract these systems. And it's because we're too busy sleeping. 
if we jump back to the show, 9-11. If we jump back to the show, 9-11. Uh, sorry, not 9-11, 9-1-1. Do we get to a scene now where it deals with a narcoleptic man? And the, the, this narcoleptic man, as, as, as you see the scene open, um, you see that you see the EMT workers walk. Uh, the paramedics coming inside to this um, to to a, it's a it's a psychic's house. So this narcoleptic man is in a psychic's house, and when they first walk in, they already see that this man is being placed into a body bag. This 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 is the first this is the first thing right here. The first thing right here. People, this this guy's getting placed into a body bag. His eyes are wide open. There is nobody doing life saving measures uh, measures on him. Usually when a man, usually when somebody is, um, usually when somebody uh, has went to cardiac arrest or has gotten into a place where they're, um, they're lifeless, the first responder, whoever comes, is supposed to perform CPR, some type of life, res- life rescuing measure to make sure that this person, um, um, make sure this, that they can, uh, make sure that they can bring somebody back. So if there's a first responder on the scene, they're supposed to continue to do CPR until the EMTs arrive. But again, we get into this scene, the paramedics are coming in and he's already being deemed as dead. He's already getting placed into a body bag. No one is trying to do rescue measures. And and what we had what we had to understand is that this man also had um cataplexy. Cataplexy is another illness that if narcolepsy goes for too long without being treated, you can now fall into cataplexy. And you're saying, what is cataplexy? I'm so glad you asked. Cataplexy is a sudden muscle weakness that occurs when a person is awake. Strong emotions trigger cataplexy. And the crazy part is the triggering experiences are usually positive. Positive experiences can trigger cataplexy. Positive experiences like laughter witty conversations, or a pleasant pleasant surprise. It's rarely triggered by stress and or fear or physical exertation. I need you to just remember that part. It's usually triggered by positive, positive things like laughter and fun conversations and a pleasant surprise. It's rarely triggered by stress or fear. And so... As you can see, the first thing with this man is he was in the wrong atmosphere looking for answers. And it was probably something that happened during the conversation with this psychic that caused excitement and caused him to fall into a cataplectic, uh, to fall into narcolepsy and then go into a cataplexic um, shock. And and this is where we see the people of God. People, the people of God have gone to different have gone to different areas, different places, looking for answers. Number one, because they can't get it at the church, because there's too much, there's too many, there's, there's too much going. There's too there's there's a blood clot there. There's no connection to God there. And so again, like I said before, the intercessors and the prophets are out of are out of position. So there's no there's no warning there. So the first thing, the first thing, if this man would have had people who could have told him that he has to, that he, that he could have got answers somewhere else, or he could get this thing treated, he would have not ended up at a psychic's house. But again, because we've decided, we've decided to 
Oh, so no, sorry. Before I even get to that part, um, when they walked in and this man was being placed in a body bag, they again they didn't check. They didn't attempt to check his vitals. They didn't attempt to do um, rescue measures. Instead, they went to check on the source. They went to check on the the medium who had who had um I guess passed out because she thought the man dropped dead. So the person that you went to for help has deemed you dead, and instead of them helping you, they're gonna help the person that's already caused you to be dead. And the reason why we, we and, and the reason and again this is because and, and if you even if you even if you watch the show the, the 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 paramedics when they got there they were so busy being in their own heads they were so busy arguing about stuff that was going on in their own personal lives that they didn't even think maybe we can still try to rest resuscitate this man maybe he's not dead maybe he just went into a cardiac shock and we can just we can still do measures to get him to come back to life but because they were in their own head. This again is the word to the intercessors and the prophets. Some intercessors and some prophets have been put in, have been put placed on back burners, and some of them have been hidden behind the mic to just sing and create a sound for the for church. And some of them have um, some of them are just stuck and bound in the musicians' pit. And the warnings of God cannot be uttered by these people because they're too busy being sh- being sh- um, shut down and shut away into the into the positions that they're in. Because of these systems, there's a blood clock in those in these systems, and so now and again the church is now in this narcoleptic pattern, in in a, in a, in a sleeping pattern, while the and the prophets and the and the intercessors have fell into a sleeping pattern. So now our lifesavers are out of place. Intercessors are lifesavers, prophets are lifesavers, but because they've been in a stroke so long, they've lost who they are. They've they fell out of position. And because they've fallen asleep, now cataplexy is set in. And now there's intercessors that don't know how to intercede. There's intercessors that don't know how to, to, how to bombard heaven in worship and bombard heaven because their spiritual muscles have, be, have gotten to a place where they're cataplexic. They have no, there's, there's weakness there. And let's go back to this definition where it says it can be triggered, uh, cataplexy can be triggered by a positive thing. The church has gotten so up, so 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 uh, caught up in in the in the in the shouting and the music and and wanting to be excited around other people, not understanding that that is what causes your spirit. That's what causes your spiritual muscles to now be weak, weakened, and triggers cataplexy in the spirit. You think because you went to church and you didn't even operate in how you was, but because there was a and what and you didn't operate in what God called you to operate in, but because you think there was a a, a, a special move of God, you think that there was uh you think that God actually moved and you got excited and as we say over here, we felt it in our hikamashanda. We think we felt all of this, all of these things. When all of a sudden, when 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 what, what, what we don't understand is that trigger all that thing all that did was trigger cataplexy. It didn't even trigger a move of God. It triggers your muscles to be silenced. It, tr- it triggered you for your intercessors to not hear God. It triggered for prophets' ears to now be blocked. It, tri- it triggered the prophet's mind to not see the visions of God. It triggered pastors to not know that their sheep are going through. These things, all of these, because we think that, because we see people shouting, people are shouting and still going back narcoleptic, still going back dying, still going back sleeping, and not seeing that there's a trap set for them as soon as they walk out the church door. People are going and coming in the presence of of pastors, coming in the presence of apostles, coming in the presence of bishops, coming in the presence of other believers of Christ and still leaving sick because all of our lifesavers are out of position. 
This is where we have to understand. This is where we have to understand. Just because there was some type of excitement, there is still something that there's, when God truly comes, something has to change. When he comes, if there was truly a, a move of God, there has to be an awakening. God is life. God is a thing that's forever moving. He's not sleep. So how is it that we're having moves from God and the people are still sleeping? How is it that we're having moves from God and people are still suffering from strokes? And I'm talking about in the spirit. People are still losing their understanding of who they are. People are still losing their minds. And cause their minds to now go, go, go a disarray. If we continue this scene, <clears throat> excuse me, we now see that the man has now arrived to the morgue. And I'm, I'm, I'm just about finished. God, God told me to get to the point and get, get, out, get out the people's way. <laughs> we, see, we see we get to a point now where the man is now, the man comes to the morgue. Even before he got to the morgue, at the end of the scene where they were at the psychic's house, and they were zipping up the body bag. This man was trying to tell them, but he could not move. He did not know how to penetrate and get past this cataplexy. He did not know how to get past this narcolepsy. And his spirit was saying, I'm not dead. Don't label me as dead just yet. I'm not dead. And I'm speaking this, this is a prophetic word to the prophets, to the, to the intercessors who have, who have been deemed dead who have been put in a place in a body bag when you're still alive. He said, I'm not dead. Again, they didn't even check to see if his vitals can be found. But even with, even with cataplexy, <clears throat> excuse me, vitals are hard to be found with cataplexy. But again, still nobody tried. So this man, he kept, while he was zipping up the bag, he kept saying, I'm not dead. Please don't leave me as dead yet. Don't put me in a body bag. I'm not, I'm not done yet. And then, they, then the next scene, he, cut, he ends up being at the morgue. And, the, and the, the mortician is getting ready. He's marking the body because he's getting ready to, to do an autopsy to see what caused this death. And some of us are allowing people to cut us open when we're not, when we're not dead. We allow people to dig into areas of us and and tell us that this is what's ailing us and this is what's happening when we're not even we're not dead when when the symptoms that they're saying that we have or what the diagnosis that they're giving us is not what it is. So he's on there, he's on there, and the and the and the the the, the mortician or the coroner, whatever whatever he was, he has this bone saw and he's getting ready to cut this man open. And this is where God said, "This is where you break this spell." This is where you break the. This is where you break. This is where you break uh, the narcolepsy. This is where you break the cataplexy. This man, as he's laying on the table, and I can identify with this man. I've been where he was. This man is laying on the table. He's wide awake. He's not dead. And in his spirit, he keeps saying, "I'm not dead. Please do not cut me open. I'm not dead. You think I'm dead, but I'm not. I'm still alive. I'm still alive. There's still some life left in me." Don't deem me as dead yet. Don't don't just think I'm dead and, and place me in a, in a, in a, in a, 
in a morgue or place me in a in a body bag. Don't don't think that. Don't think my spirit is dead. And I, and I can hear even the intercessors and even the prophets and even um, the people of God that's crying out to God, saying, "I'm not dead." People keep giving me as dead. People are people are people are keep trying to place me in body bags, but there's still life in me. There's still something left in me. And so this man, he kept trying to he kept trying to in the depths of his spirit, trying to say, "I'm not dead. I am not dead. Please don't cut me. Please don't cut me." It was not until this man began to travail. This man started to yell from the depths of his spirit. Again, his mouth was not moving. His his hand, his body could not respond. But he started to travail in his spirit and yell, I'm not dead. Don't cut me open. No, yelling, 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 yelling. No, don't cut me open. I'm not dead. God is saying this right here. If you get back to that travail, if you get back to that hunger in me, if you begin to cry out from your sleep, I don't care about your words. As you can see, his mouth was quiet. His mouth was his mouth could not move because of the cataplexy. I don't care about your words. Cry out to me from the depths of your spirit. And so this man began to yell. He started to yell with everything that was within him. He kept yelling, I'm just sleeping, I'm just sleeping. I'm not, I have narcolepsy, I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping. Don't think I'm dead, please, please don't cut me, please. He started to yell and started to scream in his mind, in his spirit. He started to scream. And it wasn't until he started to travail to dig that finally his arm moved. Oh, my God. He started to get feeling back in his arm. His arm got up and he, and he shocked the coroner or whatever the guy was that was getting ready to cut him open and caused that man to, to pass out. It's the, 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 he just he started to say in his mind, "I was just under pressure." I was, and there's, there's people, there's people that's even now that's that's saying, "I'm under pressure," and 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 it's it's making me seem like I'm dead. But I'm just it, this pressure just seems to have me in a sleeping pattern. I'm trying not to, I'm not trying not to be deemed dead. I'm trying not to be felt, to make it seem like I'm, I have narcolepsy. I'm trying to make it seem like I don't have cataplexy. I I need you to understand that I'm just under a lot of pressure, and it's causing me. And and I I fell victim to my symptoms. I fell victim to what people um pronounced me as. Even as you go to the end of this uh this scene this man once once he finally got up he said that he was pronounced dead three times and some of us are in this pattern in this pattern of, of going through these through these times where people have labeled us the same thing year in and year out they've labeled you dead they've labeled your life to be nothing they labeled they labeled your uh, who you are in Christ to be nothing and God and, and and it's because we didn't get back to this place of travail this place of crying out this place of understanding that once we get to a place a depth in God where we can yell and worship where we can yell in our spirit, where we can yell in our inner man, this is when our, our our muscles begin to react. He started to yell and his arm came up and he shocked the coroner and the coroner passed out. If you, if you get back to that place of travail, we can see the supernatural things of God happening. And the pressure that we face won't cause us to feel like we're having a stroke. It won't cause us to feel like we're, we're sleeping. It won't cause us to feel like we're, we're going through a, a pattern where we don't know who we are. We have to get back to that travail. God said, get back to this travail in me. Get back to the dig in me. Dig in me. This pressure, yes, it's, it's pushing you. It's forcing you to go down. But when you, what's what happens when you go down? If you go, if, if, if it's pushing you down, dig deeper. Get some more space. Get some more space in me. Dig deeper. It's pushing you. It's starting to flatten you. Start to dig so you can have some space to breathe. Dig in me. Dig in my word. Dig in what I'm telling you to do. Dig in what I've called you to be. Get to this place in me where you can dig. 
And God is saying, if you continue to dig what they deemed to you as cataplexy, when they said that you're, you, um, when, when you when you knew you was an intercessor and they told you you wasn't, God is saying, I'm removing that diagnosis. When they told you you was a prophet and they told you and and when they when, when God told you that you was a prophet and people said that you weren't, God said, I'm removing that diagnosis. Just dig in me. Dig in me. Dig into my spirit. Dig into my dig dig into understanding who I am. Dig into what I've called you to be. The, the narcolepsy can no longer hold you. The cataplexy can no longer hold you. The blood clot has to come out. God is calling us back to dig. If those people that were that were throwing down palms, if they truly dug into understanding why Jesus came the way he did. They would have understood that something more powerful could have happened. Well, nothing more powerful could happen but beyond the cross. Let's not, let's not undermine that. But they don't understand that more, their lives could have been changed even before Jesus died. If they just dug a little deeper and understanding his heart, understanding his plan, understanding who he was. God said, I'm, I'm, you're, you will no longer fall symptom, to, you will no longer fall victim to your symptoms. You will no longer have excessive daytime sleepiness. The stress will no longer cause you to have a stroke in the spirit. I've called you who I've called you to be. I've placed this pressure on you and it's causing you to dig in me. It's not, I don't want you to retreat. I don't want you to run. I want you to dig in me. The pressure I've placed on you, it's not for you, it's not, it's not for you to get scared. It's not for you to think that, that you're going to be deemed as dead. You digging me, those labels will not stick. It will no longer hold you down. Those symptoms will no longer no longer easily beset you. This the the the, the diagnosis will no longer stick to who you to what the, to, to your name. Some people see your name and they see what the see your last diagnosis. And God said, when when you digging me, they will no longer see that diagnosis. That diagnosis will be wiped flake, wiped clean from your health record. Just digging me. I just came. I just came by to just let let some people know. God is calling you. He's calling the church, especially the people of God, back to this dig, back to digging in Him, so that we can get back into position. We need we need the integrity of the prophets to come back. Prophets are not just the prophets that that that, that prophesy you into a house and prophesy you prophesy you into prosperity. They prophesy you out out of your sickness. They prophesy you out of the diagnosis that people placed on you. Intercessors, do not fall, do not fall victim to the symptoms. Do not get bound in your own head. You should be able to pray some, you should be able to pray somebody else through. You should be able to pray yourself through before you pray somebody else through. Get to a place where your prayers work for you. If God called you to be an intercessor, you should be able to intercede yes for everybody else, but you should be able to cause things to happen in your own life. Some of us don't, some of us can't get to the place that God called us because of our atmospheres, because of what, we, what we're surrounded by. We can't get to those places anymore. Some of us need to disconnect from where we are, get to another place, another level in God, get to another dig in God, another travail in God. And God is going to tell you that you, where you're at is, where, is, why you can't, is why you keep falling victim to your symptoms. Some atmospheres that you're in are holding symptoms over your head, 
are holding diagnosis over your head. But if you travail and dig in God, get back into worship, God is saying that those diagnoses will not stick. The pressure won't kill you. The pressure won't make you quit. The pressure won't make you uh, run from your calling. The pressure won't make you feel unworthy. The pressure won't make you feel inadequate. But the pressure will give you strength. The pressure will build your spirit. You're under pressure. It's or, it's, it is ordained by God. But you can survive it. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray with you guys before I I, I, I get I get off of here. And I just I, I just hear God I hear God saying I hear God saying I'm I'm getting ready to restore back the minds of the people. Some of the people have have held have been in the in the stroke pattern for too long, where they've forgotten who they are because there's a blood clot that's stopping you from thinking properly. Some of you have been sleeping and you've been missing God. You've been missing what God is saying because you've been sleeping during the day when you're supposed to be working, when you're supposed to be travailing, when you're supposed to be digging. <coughs> so, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray for your people today. I pray, oh God, that they will no longer fall to the symptoms that so easily beset them. They will no longer become a victim, oh God, to what the diagnosis was placed on them. We, we, we pray, oh God, that you begin to place in their minds that the misdiagnosis is not who they are. God, help reveal to them, oh God, who you are and what they mean to you, oh God, so that they, they can break past, oh God, all of, these, all of these areas, God, all of these areas that so easily hold them back, that keep them bound. God, we pray for even the people, oh God, that you call to positions such as intercessors, such as prophets, oh God. We pray, oh God, that you now, oh God, reveal your strength to them even the more, oh God. Break past the barriers, oh God, that have caused them to come out of position. God, we pray even for the ones who are trapped in the musician's pit, who are trapped oh God, behind the mic to just sing, who were trapped to just be a pew saint, who were trapped, oh God, just to hold the offering basket, who were trapped, oh God, just to just to serve community. God, we pray, oh God, that you, we pray, oh God, that you now uh, shift their minds and place them back into position, oh God, cause them, oh God, to now hear the warnings of the Lord, and now we can call out these systems, oh God, and break these systems down before they even, before they even, have, before, they, before they even be set, oh God, cause us to get back into position. Bring us back to a level of worship, oh God. Bring us back to a level of travail, a level of digging in you. Bring back the reverence of who you are. Hallelujah, God. We thank you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Immerse City Now podcast. If you were blessed by this message today and would like to partner with us by way of giving, you can go to our website at www immersecity.org and click the give tab and sow your seed today we thank you for listening to Emerge City Now subscribe and share this message with someone as we take Christ into culture